This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. How good is our God? Amen. Come on. Nestled in the foothills of the mountains that you see here, to your far right is the location of the ancient city of Philippi, right over there. This is the location where the Apostle Paul first led a beautiful lady to Jesus, and her name was Lydia, right there, right in that space. This is the location of the first church in Europe. This is the location of uh, where the book of Philippians was written into the people in that area. It's in that location, in that space right there, that Paul and Silas were put in uh, prison. Philippi is named after Alexander the Great's father, Philip. Many battles, many battles have been fought in the fields you're seeing before you today. The Roman general, Mark Anthony, who famously fell in love with Cleopatra, fought so many bloody battles in the fields. There's so much history. The place is saturated with history. It's to the church, this church at Philippi, in the mountains there, that Paul said in Philippians 1.6, he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Christ. Come on. It was to the church in that location in Philippians 1.21, Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. It was in, in that space on the planet. It was in Philippians 2. 12 that the apostle Paul says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure family I don't know about you but I get pretty excited when I see this place in this space that God's word is not a storybook fairy tale God's word is not just a good idea God's word is living it is breathing and it is historically factual alive today are you all with me today? In Acts 16, the Apostle Paul on his second missionary journey was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to take the gospel to Asia and he's diverted to Europe. While in Troas, a vision comes to him in the night and we, and, and we pick up the narrative in Acts 16, 9. And it says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood plead and pleaded and said, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. The word gospel means good news. Come on. And so the message that I believe God wants to deposit into our hearts today is called the good news of the gospel. Say good news. Shout out good news. Let's read on. In verse 11 it says, Therefore, sailing from Troas, we made a straight course to smother us. And the next day we came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi. And it says, it's, it says, which is the foremost city of that time. Now, let's have a, a visual look at what we're speaking about. Let's have a visual look of that map. There we see Troas, Smotherus, 
The island of Thassos is where we stayed, Neapolis and Philippi. Let's have a look at the next slide. This is the island that we stayed on. Is that cool? Is that amazing or what? And in the back there, you can see Neapolis. Let's have the next slide. This is what ancient Philippi would have looked at the time that Paul spoke the words that we're hearing. Let's read on. In verse 13, and it says, On the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the river, where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and we spoke to the woman. Her name was who? Lydia. It says she, she was a seller of purple. And it says, the Lord opened her heart. Who opened her heart? Who opened her heart? The Bible says, the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken of by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful, come to my house. So she persuaded us. Let's have a look at the the river. This is the river where she was baptized. Is that cool? I don't know about you. I get pretty excited about this stuff here. Is that good? I can't, people, it was an amazing thing to be worshiping in that space. The first convert outside of the Middle Eastern area was right there. Hello, everybody. Is that awesome? Just look at that. Verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. And it says, This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. And it says, But Paul, greatly annoyed, he turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the prison and and to the authorities. And it says in verse 20, And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us. It says, Then the multitude rose up together against them. Their magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to be kept securely. Having re-received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their stock. Can you imagine? All because of the good news. Let's have a look at the prison. Let's have a look at the prison. There it is. Look at that. Just in the back. This is the fruit of the earthquake, the ruins. Many earthquakes have happened in this space. Say, God's word is alive. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were grumbling and complaining and cursing God. After all I've given you, after everything I've done for you. Is that what happened? 
The Bible says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains was loosed, and the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep and seeing the prison doors are open, supposing the the, uh, prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself, but Paul called out and said, do yourself no harm. Now, if I was Paul and I'm in stocks and an earthquake comes and I'm set free, I'm running for my life. But not, not Paul. Paul was a different type of guy. Paul had a different type of spirit. Paul was not driven by his needs. Paul was not driven by his own insecurity. Paul was not driven by his own dreams. Paul was a man that encountered the creator of the universe. Jesus himself touched his life. And so Paul, his whole life was driven, was moved to be led by the Holy Spirit and that every human being on this planet would hear the good news of Jesus. Shout Jesus. He says, do yourself no harm. We are all here. Then he ran for a light. He called for a light. He ran in. He fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Family of God, we are living in a moment in history that I would say it's a what must I do to be saved moment. There are people in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of all the fear, in the midst of all the insecurity. There is coming people who will come to your door, people who, you, who you, you've been believing God for for many years, people who, who are hardened in their hearts. There are people coming to your space that are coming to your door, knocking on your house, and they're going to say, Sir, ma'am, what must I do to be saved? Are we ready for this moment? And you're going to answer them and say, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and immediately all of his family were baptized. Come on. No matter how dark it is, no matter how hopeless the situation is, we are reminded today that salvation is in the name of Jesus. In a world flooded with bad news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus, say the gospel. It's good news. The gospel of Jesus is freedom from prison cells. It's freedom from chains that bind. Luke 4, 18, Jesus says this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. Say liberty. Shout out liberty. 
He says to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty, shout liberty, to all who are oppressed. At the time of Paul's mission to Europe, the Roman Empire controlled the known world with an iron fist. The people were oppressed. Slavery was common. That's all they knew. Poverty and sickness filled the land. It was so brutal, Paul and Silas were beaten and placed in prison for, for even whispering the good news of the gospel. And as we stood outside, as my family and as my band and as my team stood out to, outside these historical monuments, as we're gazing upon these world-changing landmarks, coming to grips with what we're seeing, coming to grips with what we're hearing, there were two emotions that gripped our hearts. Two emotions I want to share with you today. Number one, number one, the first emotion is, Pastor, Pastor Rob and, and Bob, this is epic. This is epic. I mean, Paul inside us over here. Lydia's over there. Prison over there. Earthquake there. This is huge. This is epic. It's unbelievable. Philippian church here, this is the location. First emotion, epic. Second emotion was soberness, sobriety, sadness. Philippi's in ruins. Macedonia is in ruins. Greece in ruins. North Macedonia, Serbia, Bosnia, they lay in ruins. There are crosses, family, there are crosses on every mountaintop and you look them standing there, there are crosses. People walk the streets and they cross, they cross their chest. People live each day with the cross around them. The evidence of God is everywhere. But where is faith? Where is the freedom? Where is the liberty? Where is the good news of what Jesus did on the cross. As I'm looking at this, my heart is grieved. My heart is torn apart. And the Holy Spirit leads me to the, the answer to why this is. Why is this? Look at this location. Why is this? And yet the people are bound. The people are not free. The people look like chain people. Why? Hebrews 4 helps us to understand how this can happen. Hebrews 4, 1 to 3 says this. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, Paul had a fear, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well to them. Listen, listen. But the word which they heard did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in those that heard it. I'll say it again. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in those that heard it. Revelation that is not mixed with faith becomes philosophy. Philosophy. And it doesn't profit us. It does not profit us. Revelation that is not mixed with faith becomes philosophy. It does not profit us. 
Was Jesus just a philosopher? Was Jesus Christ just another philosopher standing next to Plato and Socrates? Were the words of Jesus the words of a mere man? John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was made in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. The Bible says, it says, and He came to His own, and His own didn't receive Him. It says, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld, we beheld, we saw, we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ was the Word of God made flesh. The Bible says He was filled with grace and truth. God's words through Jesus were not philosophy, family. God's words through Jesus were not just a good idea. They were not a wellness plan, nuggets of information that make us better people. They were the same words that hung the moon and the stars and all the creation that we see around us. It was the word of the living God, breathing God for all humanity to see and experience. In Jesus, we see a picture, we see a painting of God's original plan for our lives. Genesis 1, 27 says, So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created him, male and female. Family, we didn't come from monkeys. Thank you, Jesus, for the monkeys. We all love to watch those incredible creatures. But you and I didn't come from the monkey. We come from... From God Himself. He made the monkeys, but the difference between you and me and the monkey is He made us in His image and likeness. Some of us say, Well, I know that. Well, why do you live like a monkey? So many of us are living like monkeys instead of the image and likeness that God created us to live in. This is the truth that will set us free. Free from the satanic nature that came into the world through Adam's sin. The Bible says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The words of Jesus Christ are truth. They're not just philosophy. They're not just a good idea. That truth is founded on the authority of God Himself. Jesus only spoke what His Father told Him to speak. John 12, 40. Nine, it says, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. Family, the good news of the gospel, the good news, say good news. Shout good news. The good news of the gospel is God's heart delivered to, to, to set us free from, in, from satanic enslavement, making way for us to be restored. God wants to restore us. There is a rest. Say a rest. There's a rest for humanity. 
But we've got to believe the words of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Paul said, I fear. What was Paul's fear? He says, I fear lest we fall short of entering the rest. And as I gaze upon my world, as I travel the globe, and I see the body of Christ, I fear. I have a fear. My fear is that the church is becoming more consumed with philosophy than faith. My fear is that philosophy is overtaking faith. People are not at rest. People are not at rest. God has a rest. Say, God has a rest. For me, in the midst of perilous times, family, God has a rest for all of us. Man man seems to be placing his trust in man's words rather than God's words. Listen, we become servants to the words we place our trust in. Psalms 27 says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, But we will what? We will remember who? The name of the Lord our God. Will anybody remember his name this morning? Will anybody remember his name? My Bible says in Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and are safe. I am safe in his name. I am secure in his name. I am in him and he is in me. And the same spirit that is in me is in you. The spirit of a living God. If we have repented of our sin, open our hearts, we are now the house of the living God. And that living living God is good news. That living God is freedom. That living God is liberty. That living God is every need met above and beyond what we could ever imagine. Not because we earned it, not because we deserve it, because He loves us. My goodness, family, my family, I have seen demons cast out of people all over this world. I've seen deaf ears popping open all over this world. I've seen people healed from epilepsy and all manner of types of diseases. My family and I have been provided for. He has made a way for us in the midst of COVID, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of all that is going on around us. Nothing is impossible. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 20 kilometers away. So now I'm standing back in Greece, and now I'm 20 kilometers away from Philippi in a city called Drama. I'm about to speak to about 80 Macedonian people. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? I'm a little hobbit from New Zealand, and I'm about to talk to the people, the generations that came from the Philippians. Do you understand what that means? And as, as, as I'm about to get up on stage, the pastor, the Greek pastor says to me, he says, I just want to let you know that most of the people here, they don't believe that the Holy Spirit moved beyond the book of Acts. I said, are you kidding me? In my spirit, I could, I tell you something, I was so excited, I couldn't believe it. I get up there and I begin to talk to people from Neapolis, from, from the Macedonian area. 80 people. Why is there only 80? Because when we went to when we went to Greece, COVID restrictions are still in place. You can the church was not able to meet indoors for two years. They were not able to meet indoors. And so we're outdoors in the balcony, at the beach, in the park. 
And here I am. I'm about to speak to 80 people, 90 people. And, I'm, and, and, and I start, I can hardly contain myself, people. I can hardly contain myself. I go to Acts 1.8 and I said, people of Greece, the Bible says in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I said, people of Greece, I am the fulfillment of the book of Acts. I'm from the ends of the earth. You can't get any further away from New Zealand. And the Holy Spirit is alive. Church of the Harvest, the Holy Spirit living. It's in this place. It's in our space. It's living and breathing in us. Then I took the people. I said, I said, come with me and let's hear from the psalmist David. I went to Psalms 103. I said, people of Greece, the, the psalmist David foretold of Jesus. He foretold of a, a, a new covenant system. He foretold of a new kingdom. And I, I, I said, Psalms 103, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Say all. Say all. The Bible says he forgives all your iniquities, not some. And I told them the story. I've shared the story here. For those who have not heard the story, this is an amazing story. Five years ago, I'm in Bend, Oregon. A girl, she comes up to me after I'm done speaking. She says to me, sir, can I talk to her? She's sure. She said to me, three years ago, your band, Red Rain, comes to my high school. She says to me, you did a concert in my high school. I came to your concert completely stoned on heroin. As I'm in the mosh pit, as I'm in the mosh pit, jumping up and down, she says, I fell on my face and I was instantly sobered. I went back and gave my life to Jesus and I've not touched a drug for three years. Shout Jesus. I said to them, and the crazy thing was this, that girl was set free before she opened her heart and received Jesus. Tell me what in the world is going on. That's how much he loves us. Now it's up to her what she does with her revelation. It's up to you and me what we do without freedom. But Jesus is in the pursuit of his people. The Bible says he, he forgives all your iniquities. The Bible says he heals all your diseases. So many healing, deaf ears, incredible stories. For time, we don't have time to go through them. The Bible says he redeems your life from destruction. Is that good news? Is that good news? How many here today, you've, you've ever had destruction walk across your pathway? Jesus came to renew to restore. The Bible says, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. As I'm talking to these beautiful people of Greece, their eyes begin to open. The atmosphere begins to change. We had an altar call. Three or four people came up for a prayer, but afterwards, multitude, many of them came up with tears in their eyes. Thank you for coming to Greece. Jesus opened their hearts, plowed the ground, and breathed his life in them again. We're going back again. We'll be there again in about a month and a half. Isaiah 52, 7, as we close today. Isaiah 52, 7, it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, 
who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Romans 10, 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. The message today is called the good news. But I was going to call it beautiful feet. How beautiful are your feet today? Let's all stand together. How beautiful are your feet? How beautiful are your feet? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved orange like me I once was lost oh but now I'm found I was blind but now I see was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious it is that grace appeared. The hour. I first believe. Does anybody in this building remember that first moment, that first day that Jesus became real? Does anybody remember that? What you felt? What? How beautiful are your feet? In the midst of all the madness and the sadness and the chaos, listen. The Spirit of God is calling for the body of Christ to saturate this planet with the good news. Say good news. The good news. What news do we listen to? What news? There is bad news. There's a lot of bad news. But the body of Christ as a body, we have got to spread the good news. We see the good news. We know the good news. We, 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 we discern correctly the bad news, but we preach the good news. How beautiful are your feet? 
how beautiful are your feet. The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How beautiful are your feet? Are we bringing good news or are we, are we consumed with all the bad news? The clarion call of heaven is calling for the body of Christ to be the preacher, to be the sent one, to be his hands, to be his feet, to be channels of blessing to the world around us in, in, our, in the sports arena, in our work, in our schools, in music, in every, whatever sphere of influence you and I are in. God wants to fill this planet with the good news, the good news that can only come through the body of Christ. How beautiful are your feet? How beautiful are your feet today? In just a minute, I'm going to ask us to respond to our Father who's asking the question, will you go for me? Will you bring good news? Will you believe my news over the other news? Will you be my hands? Will you be my feet? The Spirit of God is asking the body and church of the harvest and every other gathering of people on the planet will you bring the good news will you be the preacher will you be the sent one to your city and your community will you allow his spirit to move through us as every eye is shut and every head is bowed if you would say today I want to be a sent one I want to have beautiful feet. I want to be somebody that my Father can use. This is not between, you're not, you're not responding to me, you're responding to Him. Do not leave this building without answering that question. Answering the question, yes, use me. Help me to be that ch channel of blessing to others. If you're here today and you would say, I want to surrender my life afresh to my Father so that He knows no matter what He asks me to do, I am willing and obedient to go whatever He wants me to do. Whatever He wants you to do. Lift, lift your hand straight up in the air. Right now. Right now. Straight up in the air. Say, that's me. Right in the air now. I'm willing to go. If you're here today and you would say, I'm willing to go and do whatever my Father has me to do, lift your hands straight up in the air now. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. All right, be bolder. Come and stand with me up the altar. Come and stand now. Come and stand with me now. Let's go. Come on. Be bold, be bold, be bold, be bold, be bold, be bold. Come and stand with me. Come and stand with me now. Come and stand with me now. Be bold. Come on. Be bold. 
come, come. You're not doing this to me. You're doing it for your father. And you're pushing down the barriers and the walls that want it to contain. There is a spirit that wants to contain this region from being able to reap the harvest that God wants us to reap. We're going to press through. We're going to lay down our lives. We're going to say, no, enough's enough. I am willing. I want my life to be surrendered to my other, to my father for his will. If that's you, come, lift your hands to heaven. Come on, anybody else, come, 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 come. What are you doing with your life, mate? What are you doing with your life? Do you know Jesus? Do you want to serve Jesus? Come here then, why are you sitting there for? Come on. Why are you still there? Come on. Jesus. Come to Jesus and just surrender your life. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back, no turning back. Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're touching hearts right now. Thank you, Jesus. Fresh vision. Fresh empowerment. Fresh anointing upon minds and hearts today. Healing rivers. Healing. The Holy Spirit is healing. Breathing life. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all, all to Jesus. Let's sing. Come on. Oh, to Jesus I surrender. Oh, to Thee my I freely give. 
I will ever love and trust Thee. Oh. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Say after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I understand when Adam sinned, I became a sinner. I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. But Jesus, he came to make me free. And today, I surrender my life afresh to him. I open my heart. I ask you to forgive me for sin in my life. I ask you to forgive me for walking away from you. Help me from this moment on to follow Jesus, to bring the good news of the gospel that I would see the bad news, but the bad news would not control me. Or my family, only the good news. Help me from this day on to be a channel of blessing. Let your spirit, the Holy Spirit, live in me and breathe through me. In the name of Jesus, thank you that from this day on, my feet will be beautiful. Beautiful feet. I mean, you're encouraged, challenged. I, um, the Lord gave me a word this morning. I didn't think it was for right now, but um, I think maybe it is. I want to give before we go. Because I know most of you, I know most of you in here, and I know most of you are, you've surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus. But hey, you know, we, we live in a society, we live in a culture where it's very easy to get kind of content and uh, just begin to kind of go through the motions. And uh, I was, I was, just kind of actually bleeding for a word this morning and, I, and I, the word the Lord dropped in my heart was the word backdraft now I know backdrafts related to fire right I finally before I left this morning headed to church I looked up the word backdraft and, and backdraft occurs when a fire is burning in a room and most of the oxygen is being consumed and it's not burning as hot and as large as it was before and what happens is through a door that's opened or something like that, there's a huge influx of air, of oxygen. And it causes the fire to roar again. Now, I've been pondering this all through service, through worship. 
and I, I think there's a message coming. <laughs> and guys, it's time for a backdraft. And with a, with a backdraft, they, they, te- they don't want the door open. They don't want to add fuel to the fire. They keep the door shut. They seal them off to try to let the fire go out. Some of us, we need to throw open some doors. We, we've gotten very content in our lives. Going to church on Sunday and community group on Wednesday or Thursday, we're cool. Good with the Lord. What impact are you making in your community? What inca- how are you impacting your world? God's calling us to step up. So it's time to throw open some doors. And, we, and I, I, was, I was thinking about, I was praying about this, thinking about this, even as we were sitting through worship, and I was like, what, Lord, you know, where are the doors? And, and I felt like the Lord said, every time you say yes to me, it opens another door. Every time we bow our knee and we say, yes, Lord, another door is thrown open. And fuel is added to the fire, and it roars again. It's time for us to cause some self-induced backdrafts in our lives. Don't stop and beg God to give you more fire. Fame the fire yourself. Throw open the doors. Say yes, Lord. Begin to pay away the things that are wasting your time and your energy. The things that are stressing you out and tearing you down. Put those things away. Allow them to be consumed. That you may burn even brighter. Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.